Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Today on The Charlie Kirk Show, we talk about how a celebrity, George Lopez, who thinks he's a celebrity but has very little talent, has said he wanted to murder the President of the United States. We break down the Iran issue in a very digestible, easy-to-understand way, and we talk about a concern I have about the upcoming conflict in the Middle East that not enough people are talking about. Before we get into this, make sure you are subscribed to The Charlie Kirk Show. We have a big episode with Dan Crenshaw coming up. Email us your questions, freedom at charliekirk.com. That's freedom at charliekirk.com because we have an Ask Me Anything episode coming up later in the week. And make sure you are subscribed to The Charlie Kirk Show. Take out your phone. Get your friend to take out the phone. Type in Charlie Kirk Show to your podcast provider. Press subscribe. Give us five stars and leave us a review. Buckle up. Got a great show in store, everybody. This is Charlie Kirk, host of The Charlie Kirk Show, your home of conservative, libertarian, rational thinking. Here we go. Charlie, what you've done is incredible here. Maybe Charlie Kirk is on the college campus. I want you to know we are lucky to have Charlie Kirk. Charlie Kirk's running the White House, folks. I want to thank Charlie. He's an incredible guy. His spirit, his love of this country. He's done an amazing job building one of the most powerful youth organizations ever created, Turning Point USA. We will not embrace the ideas that have destroyed countries, destroyed lives, and we are going to fight for freedom on campuses across the country. That's why we are here. Hey, everybody. Happy New Year. Uh, welcome back to the Charlie Kirk Show. We have some great episodes that we were able to post over the Christmas season. I hope you guys had a, a wonderful couple days. It might have been a good couple days or not so good couple days, depending if you had liberal relatives that had any idea if they knew what they were talking about. You know, it's kind of interesting. We thought that the big news of 2020, the big I word, if you will, would be about impeachment. So we had some very nice conversations, some exclusive conversations with uh, Rudy Giuliani, with Matthew Whitaker. Uh, we have some ones coming up with Ken Starr. We have Ted Cruz. We also have uh, Dan Crenshaw, Congressman Dan Crenshaw and I talk about impeachment. And we also don't see eye to eye on something that has to do with the actual other I word that is now driving and dictating the news cycle here in 2020, and that is Iran. Uh, boy, this happened quick, didn't it? I mean, it happened with Iran and Iraq uh, seemingly overnight. But for those of us that have been following the news of the Middle East, knew that Iraq was kind of bubbling up over the last couple of months. It wasn't really... I wouldn't say newsworthy, but it was something that was being kept on our radar. More and more protests, more and more disruptions. And basically, the long and short of it is that there were some, and I hate to, say, I hate to use this word protests, there were some basically attacks against the U.S. Embassy. So let's just start right there. The, the, the media says, oh, there are all these protests outside the U.S. Embassy. This was a coordinated attack. It was coordinated by Soleimani, may he not rest in peace, uh, torpedo through the head, cause of death, uh, American drone. And so he was coordinating the attacks on this embassy, and it kind of started a chain of events where President Trump actually protected our embassy under, like, unlike President Obama and former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton in Benghazi, and he tweeted out it was the anti-Benghazi is actually what he called it. So basically, these were Iranian surrogates that attacked a U.S. embassy, which is an act of war, by the way. That is an act of war to attack sovereign 
soil that is a diplomatic mission as a U.S. embassy that is considered an act of war. The U.S. embassy is a division of the uh, State Department, and it is under jurisdiction by the State Department, but also the Department of Defense sometimes lends security forces and lends uh, Marines or Air Force, whatever it might be, to protect our U.S. soil abroad. So, for example, if you go and walk through New York or you walk through D.C., you'll see tons and tons of embassies for all sorts of different countries. That's technically their soil. It's technically their jurisdiction, their laws. That's why you can actually seek refuge in a certain embassy in a country at a certain time. So if you want to be hyper-technical and hyper-legal about it, when these Iraqi individuals, some of which were Iranian-funded and Iranian-trained by Soleimani, who's now dead, were attacking that U.S. embassy in Iraq, that should be legally viewed exactly the same as them attacking Idaho. It's exactly the same. That is not a logical jump. That is not an exaggeration. Our embassies must be defended because why? They're staffed with U.S. personnel and U.S. citizens. They're U.S. funded. They're U.S. chartered. They're U.S. run. And so when an Iraqi Iranian insurgency of terrorists go after our embassy, it is an act of war. And that act of war was met with force. We're going to talk about the implications of it. And I'm going to talk about some of my concerns. Some of my concerns kind of where things are headed in the Middle East right now. I think President Trump is handling this very, very well. He's handling it wonderfully. But my concern is with some of the career generals that love nothing but endless war in the Middle East. And we're going to talk about some of those concerns. But first, I want to talk to you about Credible. Credible is an online marketplace that gets you pre-qualified student loan refinancing rates from up to 10 different lenders. Uh, Benefits of refinancing to a lower rate. Uh, Benefits of refinancing to a lower rate is you save on interest or lower your monthly payment. More money in your paycheck, basically, or sometimes both. Uh, Secondary, you consolidate all your student loan bills in one place. With a lower term, you get debt-free faster. Serious peace of mind. Uh, Credible customers have given awesome reviews. Some of the benefits of using Credible, you can see actual pre-qualified rates, uh, whereas some online marketplaces, you'll get ranges of rates or ballpark estimates. So if you have debt right now, if you have student loan debt, and you are saying, this is just crushing me, well, Credible has the answer. Uh, checking rates does not even impact your credit. I know that personally, I can be so annoying. Where they say, We're going to run your credit and it might go down. That just is irritating to me. Um, no, very important to include the checking rates in front of doesn't impact your credit. As you know, I'm a huge critic of the college cartel, which is basically getting our students in debt and not giving them equal or greater value in the job marketplace. Uh, so look, if you got a student loan issue and you guys are getting crushed by that student loan debt, visit Credible.com. That's C-R-E-D-I-B-L-E.com slash Charlie. That's Credible.com slash Charlie. And when you close a loan via Credible, they'll give you a $200 gift card. That's amazing. Fill in a couple of pieces of info to check what rates you are eligible for. Again, that is Credible.com slash Charlie to get your $200 free gift card. $200 gift card. It's amazing. Refinance and start saving. Credible.com slash Charlie. So then President Trump responded to this illegal act of war attack by the evil Iranian regime. And let me just start by saying I am no war hawk. If you follow my writings and you follow my upcoming book, MAGA Doctrine, which I would love to have you all pre-order right now, MAGA Doctrine, I am I am very up much of the position, especially in the Middle East, of a restrained foreign policy. I think President Trump best summarizes it by saying you get sand and death in the Middle East. I think we have spent trillions of dollars too much in that region. We have lost thousands of lives, displaced millions of people. We did a very direct episode about the Afghan war previously, where we talk about how that has been one of the biggest mistakes in American history, the length and the lack of direction of that war. And the Iraq war was going to go down as one of the worst foreign policy decisions in American history. Uh, We also have an upcoming discussion with Congressman Dan Crenshaw, where we disagree on this topic. It's a lively topic. So if you guys want to make sure you catch that episode, type in the Charlie Kirk Show, press subscribe. Dan Crenshaw and I go back and forth gets a little tense at times but we have mutual respect for each other he's an american hero and we have a lot of we i think we have a really good discussion here and these are the discussions that need to have with that being said though iran is an evil regime 
And I'm coming at this from a restrained foreign policy perspective. I'm no war hawk. I'm not someone who wants to invade every single country that looks at America um, incorrectly. But it was the correct move for the president of the United States to defend our embassy. To be against regime change wars and to be against foreign occupation does not mean you have to be weak. It does not mean you have to be weak. And it seems like the left has allowed their hatred of Donald Trump to translate into a complete adoration and love affair with the Iranian regime. So, but here's one of my concerns. So President Trump, let me, this is not the concern, but I'll get you to concern in like once, just one second. President Trump then goes and is offered an option to kill Qassam Soleimani. This guy is evil. This guy was responsible for hundreds of American deaths during the Iraq war. Should we have been in Iraq? No, because that was one of the arguments I heard on cable news on one of the fake news channels. Oh, well, we should never have been in Iraq in the first place. Okay, so they're trying to, that's, a, that's an unbelievably horrible argument. So it's like saying, oh, okay, we shouldn't be there, but since we shouldn't be there, it's okay that Americans die. Like, okay, no, that's a bad argument. Did I want the Iraq war to happen? No. Do I think it shouldn't have happened? I think it should have happened. Was I cheering for Americans to win? Of course I was. Was I sad when Americans died? Of course I was. So this maniac, this murderer by the name of Qassam Soleimani, he was responsible directly for hundreds of Americans being killed. So the president of the United States was given a variety of options. Uh, we have crippling sanctions on Iran. And they basically, he was presented by his military advisors. They said, hey, look, this guy is causing trouble all across the Middle East. He allowed a genocide to happen in Syria and actually helped supplement the genocide to happen in Syria, the Syrian civil war. He's helping Hezbollah. He's helping many terrorist cells. So if you, if you want to describe Iran, Iran is basically like the ATM of terror in the Middle East. If you want to get terror financing quick, uh, you know, we talk about all sorts of different advertisers here on the Charlie Kirk Show, how to refinance your student loan debt. Well, if you want to refinance your terrorist debt, you go to Tehran, okay? If you want to get like approved quickly, you know, if you want to get a terror funding approval bill approved in 20 seconds or less, you go to Tehran. You submit it and without even looking at the specifics, they'll send you money. Well, who stopped that free flow of money? President Trump stopped that flow of money. President Trump completely destroyed the Iran deal, which crippled Iran's ability to refinance people's terror rates and be able to have this free flow of money to destroy American assets, attack Israel, and attack our allies in the region. Iran is no good. Now, what did Obama do is he sent a billion dollars of cash to Iran overnight, not good, uh, and had over $500 billion in sanction relief. So President Trump basically said, okay, if you are going to attack a U.S. embassy, which the Iranians did, and the Iranians are getting more and more restless because they're under these crippling sanctions, they're under, these, they're under the, the correct... Um, and it's the JCPOA, the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action is what it is. Uh, but basically, President Trump said, you know what? This Soleimani guy is evil. He's an enemy of the United States. He directly attacked the United States. I've been presented with an option to take this guy out. I did it. And he did the right thing. President Trump did the right thing. Now, people say, oh, well, there was an act of war. Attacking an embassy is an act of war, okay? This is a retaliation. You attack an embassy, you're going to get retaliated upon. Now, some of the devil's advocates say, well, he was not the one behind it. Well, of course he wasn't the one knocking the stinking door down. He was the one planning it. He was the architect. It's like saying, well, Osama bin Laden didn't fly the planes into 9-11. No, but he was the architect, the terror funder, and the advocate behind Al-Qaeda. So this guy was responsible for more deaths than more terrorists could ever imagine of killing of Americans and Westerners. And in the great irony of it all, he actually died on the very same road that many Americans died right outside of Baghdad's airport where there were many IEDs. So what's, how's that for the swift sword of irony amongst your evil throat, Soleimani? The world is a better place because you are dead. And I'm saying this again, coming from a non-hawkish, realistic, restrained, pro-American foreign policy position. Now, many of the people in Washington, D.C. are clamoring and pretty happy that it seems that America took this firm stance against Iran. I, I support that. Where I'm not supporting is this whole repositioning of American troops to the region. This worries me. 
I don't understand why we need to have thousands and thousands of more troops go to the region. You know why that does? I don't like it because we actually might use them. We don't need to be there. Those troops should be repositioning outside of China. Those troops should be repositioning outside of our greatest enemy, which is China. China is, they're just loving it. They're just, they are just loving the fact that America is getting further and further invested in the region. And by the way, we just sent 4,000 troops to the Middle East. I would rather send 4,000 troops to Tijuana. I would rather have 4,000 troops against the terrorists out of the cartels, and they should be designated as a terror organization. And some people talked about that they might be designated very soon. Uh, In Mexico, killing cartel members and freeing women from bondage from the sex slavery that they have in Mexico, then go fighting for sand and death 4,000 miles away in the middle of nowhere in the Middle East. By the way, why did I like the attack on Soleimani? Just from a logistical kind of standpoint, why do I support it? From what I understand, no civilians were killed in that attack. We can fact check that, but I haven't heard about that. And no American troops were killed in that attack. If we have to fight this skirmish against Iran, and I hesitate to call it a war, because, look, you should really go to Congress to declare war, and we've really abused that power a lot over the last 30, 40 years. But this skirmish against Iran, I'd rather fight this skirmish against Iran from 40,000 feet in the air with people in Utah and people in Louisiana monitoring drones and going home to eat dinner with their families every night. That's how I want to fight against Iran, not with ground troops that'll have PTSD, that essentially ground troops are a precursor to regime change. No reason to play that game against Iran. Zero reason whatsoever. So I am afraid that we are lumbering towards a conflict with Iran, one that we can't afford, one that will further destabilize the region. And shouldn't we learn the lesson from Iraq? My goodness, that we should not get involved in prolonged conflicts in the Middle East. I say get our troops out of that region, except for minimal security forces to protect our embassies and certain hotspots there. The fact that we're increasing the troop count in the Middle East very much concerns me. By the way, the Iraqi parliament voted to get U.S. troops out of Iraq. Great! Get the heck out of that country. They hate us. We destabilized it. Every day we are in Iraq is a dollar wasted and a life put in jeopardy. Get out of Iraq. And if that means closing our embassy until they can actually form some sort of federated government, then so be it. Iraq has become a proxy state of Iran. You know what frustrates me the most? You know who used to keep Iran in check? You know who used to fight the Iran-Iraq war? Saddam Hussein. Bad guy. Hated America, never attacked America, okay? Evil, of course. Should he have been taken out the way we did it? Of course not. That was one of the biggest mistakes in American history. We lost 5,000, 6,000 American lives directly, tens of thousands through veteran suicide in the weeks ensuing, spent trillions of dollars, displaced an entire region, and eventually led to the rise of ISIS. Bad foreign policy. So there was a report that we were getting out of Iraq. I applauded that at Turning Point USA. We did a tea toast uh, where most people will, you know, toast champagne. We toasted tea. But the defense secretary, Mark Esper, said this, refuting it. He said, we are repositioning forces throughout the region, number one. He said, beyond that, with regard to the letter, which I've read once, I can't tell you the veracity of that letter. And I can tell you what I've read. That letter is inconsistent of where we are right now, basically disputing the fact that America might actually be getting out of Iraq, which I find to be very disappointing. Get out of Afghanistan. Get out of Iraq. Get out of the region, bring these troops home, end these endless wars. And guess what? If Iran starts acting up again, do the drone thing again. Hit them from the sky. It works great, okay? So in the midst of all this, it ties into what just fired me up the most in the last couple of days. So this guy who's a total hack, George Lopez, he, he's very lo- not talented at all. I tried to watch his show once. It was not funny. It wasn't entertaining. It wasn't well written. It all ties in with this Iranian story. And he wants to murder the president of the United States. George Lopez threatened to kill our president. Um, The Iranians issued 
an $80 million bounty on President Trump. This is serious stuff, folks. $80 million. And uh, the media doesn't, I mean, it's just like unbelievable. They're offering cash. By the way, where'd they get that money from? Maybe they got the money to try to kill Trump. You know where they got that money from? President Obama. So President Obama sends them cash. They probably put a little aside, you know, just nice little T-bills aside, treasury bills. And they're like, oh, we might need this one day. Now they get $80 million to offer a bounty on President Trump. These are evil maniacs, folks. It's out of control. So this Instagram account, Chicano World Star, by the way, I just have to say our team at Turning Point USA and my Twitter account was one of the first people to cover the fact that George Lopez wants to commit murder against the president of the United States. And it's been going everywhere and the media is not covering it. It could just imagine if a conservative dared to do this. This guy's a third rate comedian. He's not funny. Um, he's an angry person. He's a leftist. Therefore, he's angry. He said basically this. Chicano World Star said nothing. They didn't say anything that controversial. He said, Iranian authorities have put a bounty on American President Donald Trump's head during the televised funeral of General Qasem Soleimani after he was assassinated last week. What are your thoughts? And I'm going to tell you how George Lopez responded in just one second. But first, if you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. We just had a whole day of meetings here at Turning Point USA, talking about our staff, talking about payroll, revenue, talking about our field program, all of our events. We also had some meetings for our podcast here. Please subscribe. Most companies don't have a clear picture of their finances, and that's why many businesses fail. The question for any business owner out there is, are you confident that you've got the right numbers? I've used NetSuite. It's an amazing product and service. I could tell you having bad information by these 950 different sales service organizations is so unbelievably frustrating. I can't stand flying blind. Serious entrepreneurs and finance teams run a NetSuite by Oracle, the world's number one cloud business system. NetSuite offers a full picture of all your finances, all in one place in real time, right from your phone or desktop. No more guessing, no more guessing, no more worry about what you don't know could kill your company. That's why NetSuite customers grow three times faster than the S&P 500 and you can too. So schedule your demo right now and receive their free guide, seven free strategies to grow your profits. It's really impressive. You guys got to check it out at netsuite.com slash Kirk. It's an amazing program. You guys are small business owners. You guys are trying to run a little operation. You guys have to check it out. Set up your free demo right now and get your free guide. I put my name behind this, netsuite.com slash Kirk. That's netsuite.com slash Kirk. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. So here's how George Lopez responded to the Iranian authorities. George Lopez, third-rate comedian, might be fourth-rate, if there's such a thing as fourth-rate comedian. He's a total hack. I can't even remember what show he did. We had to look it up. And he said that he would kill the president of the United States for half of that, for $40 million. I just want you to imagine if a conservative celebrity or a conservative author would have said that they would kill President Obama for a certain amount of money. So right here, right now, by the way, guys, we have a great episode coming up on the Charlie Kirk Show with Dan Crenshaw and I disagreeing on the Afghan war. Gets a little tense, right, at times. A lot of fun. You guys are not going to want to miss this. Some people call it a debate. It's going to be terrific. So I responded, by the way, to George Lopez by saying this. George Lopez just said he would kill the president of the United States for $40 million. Why are Hollywood leftists obsessed with killing the president of the United States? Why hasn't the Secret Service approached this guy? The tweet got picked up all over the place. 
from people.com to NBC and the Blaze. So here's it actually connects the news cycle all together. You have Iran who hates America. They issue the bounty. And then this fourth rate comedian, total hack, comes and offers to kill the president of the United States for $40 million. So not only is he trying to kill the president, he's trying to save Iran money. Like what kind of person would try to save Iran money? He's a sicko. But by the way, he's also been charged before. George Lopez previously used a water bottle to simulate urinating on Trump's Hollywood Walk of Fame star, noted that the president's kids could be considered anchor babies, uh, mocked Trump's reported $50,000 golf simulator, and he was charged after a serious physical altercation with a Trump supporter at Hooters. If he eats at Hooters, he's got a real problem, okay? Not exactly where winners go, okay? This guy is really... He's fallen from grace. He's, he's going on the path of a lot of these fourth-rate comedians where they just become very, very angry. This is Democrat privilege through and through. Uh, why is it that Roger Stone, Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, I want you to imagine, just imagine a world. What if Roger Stone said he would kill Nancy Pelosi? Do you think Roger Stone would have been arrested? What if Michael Flynn, and they say, oh, well, George Lopez is a comedian. Well, in order to be a comedian, you must be funny. So that dismisses him completely from that category. Secondly, they say, oh, he was just joking about it. This is what they always do. It's what Kathy Griffin said with POTUS. Oh, I have this bloody head. Look how funny I am. Snoop Dogg tried to kill the president of the United States. Johnny Depp, where he said he wanted to assassinate the president. Madonna, where she said she wanted to blow up the White House. Robert De Niro, when he said he wanted to punch the president of the United States. Hollywood totally and completely sucks. So here is George Lopez. He keeps on saying it's a joke. He tried to say it was a Mexican joke because he said he would kill the president of the United States for only $40 million. I don't think that's funny. Is it racist? I don't even know what he's saying. He's trying to pull the minority card here, which is disgusting, honestly. Uh, My tweet about it has been retweeted 45,000 times, uh, which is a pretty good tweet for us. George Lopez, here's some of the people.com. George Lopez draws conservative anger for a joke. Wait a second. Conservative anger? What kind of ridiculous headline is this? He wants to murder Trump. He wants Trump dead. And that's like, there's some things you don't joke about, okay? So first of all, you have to put the shoe on the other foot. If both sides of the political aisle can't make that joke, it's not that funny. I mean, should he have the freedom to say it? No, because he's inciting death. That's actually the literally the one thing about freedom of speech we say you can't do is saying you're going to kill somebody. Like, that's it. If you actually say, like, where I draw the line on freedom of speech, murder would be it. Okay, murder or harm against a human being. Um, so he's, he keeps on saying, it's a joke, it's a joke. Um, not funny at all. Hollywood, by the way, is glamorizing murder. You got Griffin, you got Depp, you got Madonna, you got Streisand. De Niro wants a, a fight. Um, and now Lopez says he wants to kill the president of the United States for $40 million. I take this stuff very seriously because these sorts of jokes, these sorts of messages actually do have real life consequences. They do result in Trump supporters getting beaten in the streets. This is a very serious issue. And okay, by the way, someone who's mentally not all there might look at that and they say, oh, wow, George Lopez is endorsing this idea. There has to be some sort of guardrails here. And by the way, you might love Trump. You might hate Trump. There's nothing funny about saying you are going to assassinate the office holder of the greatest, most freest, most benevolent, generous country ever to exist in the history of the world. That's not funny. That's something that should be repudiated by all people. And yet the media is totally silent on this. The media acts like it doesn't exist. They act like it's not happening. And they are completely and totally ignoring it. And the only way they're covering it is like conservatives pounce. Like, yeah, this is only a conservative issue. Like, oh, yeah, it's our little issue that the president might get murdered by George Lopez. Like, minor details. Like, George Lopez wants to assassinate the president for $40 million. And 
If you guys don't believe the veracity of the story for whatever reason, just type in George Lopez assassinate. You'll see it. And you'll see exactly what he said. And he said it publicly. And it's very, very scary and very, very wrong. There's one more point about, I want to make this about one of the very interesting articles from our friends at the Babylon Bee, which is kind of like the conservative onion. They do a great job. But first, the NFL playoffs are here. I'm going to the 49ers game this weekend. Jimmy Garoppolo, everybody, playing against the Vikings. Jimmy Garoppolo is a Chicago boy. They're going to win. I think they're seven-point favorites. Huge game. H-U-G-E. Actually, we see we actually say Y-U-G-E around here. Huge. We had some great NFL action this last weekend. I was glad to see the Saints lose. Love Drew Brees. He's a godly, great man. Sean Payton, not a fan. So I love Kirk Cousins. He's a great Christian. Great guy. Uh, they were big underdogs. Love to see that happen. Uh, New England Patriots. I was really upset to see this. I love Tom Brady. Um, I think he's trying to have, I think he has like an NFL equivalent of a midlife crisis right now. He's like, I have only won six Super Bowls. It's been 330 days since I've won a Super Bowl. I have a supermodel wife. I must get, okay, bro. Like you've won, you're one of the greatest athletes of all time. Going to a new franchise might actually show you have lost your edge. I would stay exactly where you are at the New England Patriots. Go vacation in Tahiti for like two months and come back for your like 39th season or whatever it is, right? It was like 27th season. He's been playing literally. He's been playing since I was six years old. I want you to think about that. It's unbelievable. It's like a geriatric crisis for Tom Brady. Love Tom Brady. Thank you, Tom Brady, for mentoring Jimmy Garoppolo the way you have. Uh, by the way, this is all brought to you, this insight and sports analysis that you'll find nowhere else by our friends from BetOnline, betonline.ag. And don't forget that promo code podcast one, betonline.ag. Uh, great guys. We LSU Clemson. Boy, we got some uh, very, very pro LSU people around the circles here. So uh, they're very passionate. They post about it a lot. And I actually love Joe Burrow. He's one of the greatest athletes. You want to talk about the new Tom Brady. The guy is a stud. I absolutely love Joe, Joe Burrow. The way he plays, he's one of the smoothest college football players I have ever seen. And I watch a lot of college football. He's phenomenal. I love the way he handles himself. He doesn't over-celebrate. Going up against um, Dabo, Dabo Sweeney. He over-celebrates. He's a little bit of a hype man. But they've won 25, 26 in a row. I like LSU to win by 10. You heard it here second, um, because if you were listening to the LSU Sports Network, you heard it there first. But uh, I'll tell you, I think the LSU is going to win the national championship. Coach O, who gives the best interviews, go Tigers, is what he always says. And uh, I love that guy. He should have been the coach of USC. Absolutely phenomenal. So it's the last college football game. I got nothing else to talk about with college football for the next nine months. You're going to have to hear me talk about Major League Baseball and March Madness coming up. Who else do we have this weekend? Oh, yeah, we got Vikings, Niners, uh, Texans, J.J. Watt. We got Deshaun Watson, number four, right? He's number four, I think, right? Okay, he's number four. Uh, I got. I think the Chiefs are going to win that game. It's probably at Arrowhead, right? Yeah, at Arrowhead. And uh, who's the other AFC team? Ravens. Ravens, Titans. That will not end well for the Titans. I think Ravens are going to gonna go very, very bold against them. And then I like, uh, got Vikings, Niners, and then Seahawks, Packers. At Lambeau. I would not want to play in Lambeau in January. Uh, again, this is brought to us by our friends, betonline.ag. NBA, uh, yeah, I'm not going to mention that because if you're watching regular season NBA in January when football's on, you should listen more to the Charlie Kirk show. Let's put it that way because there's something there. There's some sort of competition here. Who do I think is going to win? Um, who do I think is going to win the Super Bowl? That's a great question. Go Niners, everybody. Niners are going to beat the Vikings. Ravens will beat the Titans. The Packers will beat the Seahawks. Basically, whoever's favorite is going to win. Okay, and if you want to know who's favorite, go to betonline.ag. Betonline.ag, use that promo code podcast1. Okay, really quick. To end the show, there is this hilarious story from Twitchy, this Babylon Bee article, which is hilarious. The best form of satire is when you can't tell if some if it's true or not. It's right on that line. And this one was so good. The Babylon Bee, total thumbs up, 
home run, grand slam, gold medal. They said this from the Babylon Bee. Democrats called for flags to be flown at half-mast. The grieved death is Soleimani. Yes, that was so good. It's so good because it's been shared more times, 500,000 times on Facebook and over 70,000 times on Twitter because people thought it was real. And that shows how crazy the Democrats have become. That this right here, the media is so mad about this. Like, oh, that's not funny. That's not no, this is actually funny. OK, George Lopez wants murder. Not funny. This is funny. OK, this is legitimately hilarious because it's so close to the truth. If you watch the media, you watch how they've reacted. And the New Yorker called Soleimani, who's a maniac, a flamboyant former construction worker and bodybuilder with snowy white hair, a dapper beard and arching salt and pepper eyebrows. Now, I don't know. Look, the New Yorker does a lot of parody. I don't know if this was on the. No, they actually do. The New Yorkers, they think they're funny. It's like Upper East Side humor or something. Um, the cartoons, I don't think their cartoons are that funny. There's like a whole network of people that love the New Yorker cartoons. Not a fan. Anyway, um, this is how you know how far the Democrat Party has gone, how far they have fallen, that they act, you actually think that there is some truth behind the satire. Um, and it's really interesting to see how the media continues to cover for Iran. There's even a CIA analyst who's now saying it's duping people and it's some part of some disinformation campaign. No, it's called humor, okay? If you want people to stop being tricked by this, take back the Democrat Party from the Marxists, okay? The Bolsheviks are running the Democrat Party, the anti-American globalists. That's why people are believing this story. There's always going to be satire, okay? You want to go to the Onion? Is that a Russian disinformation campaign too? No. The reason people are believing this is because the Democrats actually are advocating for policies that are adjacent to this, so people think it's real. If the Democrats actually had a sane policy when it came to this stuff, people wouldn't be sharing it and they wouldn't think it was funny. Satire is best and most widely shared when it is closest to the truth. When the truth gets out of the mainstream, all of a sudden the satire becomes reality and the reality becomes satire. Just You don't believe me? Just look at Nancy Pelosi. By the way, we want to end our show here today with uh, the hero. Uh, the hero of the week, Ricky Gervais. I think this guy's hilarious. He's the last comedian. I hope nothing happens to him. I mean that because... Uh, I hope he doesn't lose any shows because he went absolute Soleimani Baghdadi on Hollywood. Apple roared into the, the TV game with a morning show. A superb drama, yeah. A superb drama about the importance of dignity and doing the right thing made by a company that runs sweatshops in China. So... Well, you say you're woke, but the companies you work for, I mean, unbelievable. Apple, Amazon, Disney. If ISIS started a streaming service, you'd call your agent, wouldn't you? <laughs> so, if you do win an award tonight, don't use it as a, a platform to make a political speech, right? You're in no position to lecture the public about anything. You know nothing about the real world. Most of you spent less time in school than Greta Thunberg. So, if you win, right... <laughs> Come up, accept your little award, thank your agent and your god. And <laughs> right, let's do the first award. The first award. So, anyway, Ricky Gervais, host of the Golden Globes. If you haven't seen it yet, it's been all over Instagram and Twitter. It's been pretty amazing. Well, guys, we have some great episodes coming up later in the week. We have an Ask Me Anything. So right now, email us, freedom at charliekirk.com. Email us your questions and make sure you're leaving your reviews on the podcast app. Uh, we are doing better in the charts, but we need to do even better. So please go take your friend's phone. Go take your parent's phone. Get them subscribed to The Charlie Kirk Show. Make it your source of news, your source of insight. In this time when impeachment and Iran and all this stuff is heating up at once, we are going to be giving you insight and analysis that no one else is giving you, make sure you are subscribed. And if you want to get involved with the nation's largest and most powerful student organization fighting for conservative values on campuses across the country, go to tpusa.com. That's tpusa.com. You can go to our event, chip in some money, start a chapter. You guys have to get involved. 
tpusa.com, Turning Point USA, which is fighting for freedom and liberty on high school and college campuses across the country. Start a high school chapter, start, start a college chapter, you name it. And email us, freedom at charliekirk.com. Thanks so much, everybody. Till next time, this was fun. Got a big episode with Dan Crenshaw coming up, so buckle up. Uh, thanks so much. There are things that should not be. Copycat killers. They exist. Those who are compelled to turn bloody fiction into a real-life horror story. He was inspired by the Joker. They do it because the acts give them power and control. The license to kill. Life imitates art. And unfortunately, so does death. Reels and Podcast One, who brought you Murder Made Me Famous, comes the next great true crime podcast, Copycat Killers. Join host Dr. J. Buzz Von Ornsteiner as he analyzes true crimes based on Hollywood hits. New episodes every Tuesday on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. Ah. Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary.